Um, I don't do porn. <laughs> I'm like, I don't do porn. I mean, I tried it. Well, like solo, I tried it and I was like, yeah, this is not for me. I couldn't. I feel like that part is a little bit too intimate for myself. Welcome to Please Expand Podcast, where we expand on topics pertaining to mental health, lifestyle, and friendships. I'm your host, Genesis, and there is nothing I love more than gathering around and having healing conversations that come from the soul. Hi, friends. Welcome to this episode of Please Expand. And it's my time to talk though. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. No, I'm honestly, end. yes, I'm super excited because I was finally able to sit down with a really special friend of mine. Uh, she is a content creator, she's a fitness instructor doing her thing. There I'm like, dude, you have honestly so many things that you're doing. When I think of you, I think of oh my gosh, I always look at you and I'm like Oh, Raquel. Really? It doesn't feel like I'm doing that much. <laughs> I I just I see like a star. Oh really? That's that's <laughs> You're like that's so much pressure. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Um, I'm like, oh shit, all right. <laughs> but yes, my guest today is Raquel. She's known hey. as Hey Rax. Yes, on she, all platforms. <laughs> yes, she's on TikTok, she is on Instagram. She is on OnlyFans. Uh, yes. I was like, <laughs> I know this is a taboo subject for most people. I don't know if for most of my listeners, but she is also on OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk a little bit about that because I think it's it's a very interesting thing to talk about because I know that there is still so much judgment behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is. There's a lot. I, I didn't know uh, going into it as well. Well, honestly, no, it hasn't been that bad. I haven't gotten any like negative um like comments or any negative mm-hmm. energy towards it. Like people outright coming out and saying something. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. no one really. I feel like, I'm like, dude, it's 2022 now. Like we're really still slut shaming out here. And if you are, I'm like, you're kind of weird. <laughs> That's true. And well, okay. Cause I know that some people might still have this, like they're not trying to be judgmental, but they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, like an OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like we just, we assume, yeah. like we think like, oh, because it's still kind of attached to um, <clears throat> pornography, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't do porn. <laughs> I'm like, I don't do porn. I mean, I tried it. Well, like solo, mm-hmm. I tried it and I was like, yeah, this is not for me. I couldn't. I feel like that part is a little bit too intimate for myself because mm-hmm. um, I do have a very sexual relationship with myself. Mm-hmm. That I, sharing that to the world didn't feel good um, for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously there's a lot of girls out there that do it and cool. Like if that's for you, then go make your money, you know, um, but that just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So what I do now is kind of just um, I'm trying to turn it into a little bit more like of an artistic expression Mm, yeah where I like to I'm trying to position myself and look at myself and put myself in in this like character that I'm playing Mm -hmm. you know like this role what's this what's the mood that I'm trying to that I'm trying to express through these pictures or through the set that I'm going to sell you know so Mm -hmm. there's so many different um characters that I can play there's so many different moods that I can play um and then obviously I'm still naked and stuff, you know, which get, kind of gets the guys going. So, yeah, everyone's kind of been very supportive of it. Yeah. Wow. So you've had a different, um, like, experience with it. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been doing it? Since November. So it's only been a few months. Okay. November, December, January, February. But then I stopped for, like, two months just because really these past, two, these past months have been very um, – since starting therapy, I put that off to the side and then I put it off to the side for my ex, but now that's not holding me back anymore. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't feel like it was helping my healing at that time. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like I'm entering a new phase where um, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, fuck it. Like, I really don't care right now. And I think also, like, there is this 
um, piece to where you have to know yourself mm-hmm. to know if that's something that you that you can handle can do. Yeah, mm-hmm. that you can handle because I I look at uh, people who like you post a lot. Of, I mean, it's also it's your job, you know, to post your body because you're selling fitness, you're mm-hmm. selling this healthier lifestyle, mm-hmm. and I like. Even the times where I've posted like a bikini picture that's just like normal, I'm like, oh, whoa, this does not feel like me because it's just not me. Yeah. And yeah, like knowing, knowing how comfortable you are and having that level of awareness where it's like, I am confident in my body and I know it doesn't take away from this. Yeah, it's, it's been, um, it's taken me a long time to kind of post my body on mm-hmm. on social media because even when I was starting with fitness, it wasn't anything too provocative or it wasn't anything too sexy. It was mainly just like fitness stuff. Like here, I'm showing off my muscles or I'm flexing, mm-hmm. but it wasn't anything in like I'm putting myself in a sexy position. Mm-hmm. You know, only until recently what did I? Um, I think it was around uh like summer of 2020 that I started being a little bit more sexy on on Instagram I started being a little bit more like feminine and being a little bit more Mm -hmm. like sultry on on Instagram before that it was strictly just like fitness like oh cool I could do some pull-ups or Mm -hmm. watch me bench this shit it was strictly just like fitness stuff like exercises yeah so through your fitness journey how do you feel like you've discovered your femininity since i've known you you've always been a little bit more um comfortable with like your like masculine side you know Mm -hmm. like not dressing as girly girl Mm -hmm. quote unquote yeah um and more like your style is not that it's more like a different expression Mm -hmm. so you're like talking that just recently you started doing these poses Mm -hmm. yeah um I feel like just because fitness, it's, it's still a journey, Mm -hmm. you know, it's still a journey and like that confidence boost, it's a lot of work. It doesn't Mm -hmm. just come overnight, you know? And when I met you, I was still very much in the beginning stages of my fitness journey, you know, Mm -hmm. and still developing, um, like my own confidence within myself. You know, I feel like, um, cause I do a lot I do notice that a lot of people will say that about me, like, oh, you're so confident. You have all this confidence um, within you. But that hasn't always been the case. I feel like it's only been these past, really these past two years where it's really come out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really just because, like, it's just a journey. You just have to let it unfold. And this is just the way that it has un- unfolded for me. You know, um, But it also helps that, like, the deeper that I got into fitness and the deeper that I started like working into uh, working on myself, I started to really realize that like, dude, no one fucking cares. Mm-hmm. Like really no one fucking cares that. And really no one knows if your confidence is real or not. So might as well just be confident. Mm-hmm. Like the whole like fake it till you make it thing is true is real. You know, so whatever you portray out into the world, like that's just what it is people will believe you Mm -hmm. and we don't know if it's fake or not yeah and i mean like what you were saying earlier we're always projecting what we think other people are gonna say about us Mm -hmm. so like if we're if we're not if like let's say we're self-conscious about something Mm -hmm. like that's the first thing that's gonna come to our mind because Mm -hmm. we're aware of it Mm -hmm. but people really don't care yeah people don't care do like like for example like I get a lot of my my girls, like, when they first start off in the gym, they're like, oh, I feel like everyone's looking at me. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I went through as well when I first started going to the gym. I felt like everyone was looking at me. I felt like everyone knew that I was a newbie at the gym. But really, no one fucking cares because they're in the gym for that exact same reason that you are in the gym for. And it's to work on yourself. They don't. No one's looking at you. Literally, no one is looking at you. Like, mm-hmm. you are doing that to yourself. Yeah. You know, so... Um, I would just kind of just put a hat on and put on my earphones on and then just just zone out into doing my own thing. I, I'm like, I'm not that important of a person for anyone to care. Mm-hmm. You know, so might as well just do whatever the fuck you want to do. And also people aren't concerned about themselves. Yeah, exactly. Like, people are too to concerned like... about themselves. No one cares about what the fuck you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like people like everyone has their own lives to live. If they want to tune in and listen, like cool. But people don't really care so you said that you like you put headphones you would put headphones on you would kind of just be in your zone what are like other things that you feel like 
helped you when you were building up that confidence? Because you still like you you obviously don't go from zero to a hundred. Yeah, like no. it's, it's a gradual process. So, what mm-hmm. are things that helped you feel confident? I think just um, also testing myself, mm-hmm. testing those boundaries, because knowing that knowing that really no one gives a fuck about what you do then you're like okay so what can i get away with and no one really cares you know so um the deeper that i got into being comfortable in the gym that's when i started to work out in just like a sports bra which took me a while to do even though i was already in the gym for a few years it took me a while to just work out in a sports bra you know um but once i did it i was like oh no one's looking at me. You know, so it's kind of just testing those boundaries and to see how far you want to take it because in the end it's it's not about anyone else. It's about okay, do you feel comfortable mm-hmm. in your own skin? Yeah. Like do I feel good right now? It doesn't fucking matter whoever the fuck has to say about me. They don't even fucking know me. Like it's do I feel good right now? It's also I think how uh comfortable you feel and that also takes time. Mm-hmm. Like you can't it's like going to the gym once doing something once like it's just like you're dipping your toes into like okay i feel comfortable doing this but you got to keep doing it mm-hmm. to get used to it to feel comfortable mm-hmm. like okay now i can do this you have now to constantly test yourself mm-hmm. you have to constantly push your boundaries um and that just comes with time that just comes with time to see what it is you feel comfortable with and then after a while like the window of comfortability starts to um shrink a little bit mm-hmm. you know whatever you feel um, or widen there you go yes, <laughs> yes. Like shrink? not shrink yes widen. and then you um, don't do anything <laughs> yes and you don't do shit huh? no yes um is you start to feel a little bit more comfortable with just overall as a person because i because i can't i can't stress that enough it's just like people really don't give a fuck people don't care like they're too busy living their own lives mm-hmm. and worried about or worrying about their own stuff. Yeah, worried about their own. They have their their own dialogue. Yeah, they going. have their own insecurities. They have their own things that they feel self conscious about. Like no one's looking at you in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, that's what I've kind of noticed throughout these past years. So your supporters are going to be there no matter what. Like yeah, you know, and I feel like there's also kind of um, an admiration for people who just don't care, who don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. People like are people are like, oh, to, I want to be like that. Yeah, like the confidence that she has. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's just living her yeah, life. She's just living her life. She's just doing her. She doesn't care what anyone has to say. And I feel like that's how everyone should live their life because no one cares. Mm-hmm. And you, interestingly, because I still I still struggle with like, well, what are people gonna think? Mm-hmm. Like, what are people? But that's like a product of I like I'm supposed to be this picture perfect person Mm -hmm. and so it's like oh anytime I'm not that but one of my friends just said to to me today like but the more you go towards like what is authentic to you that is your picture perfect Mm -hmm. like that is you in your best self because you're no longer trying to fit any type of mold Mm -hmm. you're not trying to be something that you're not like Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and I've kind of battled with that um, especially these past years um, in the relationship that I was with, okay? Um, because I feel like I definitely had to shrink myself or I had to be careful with um, my actions to make this person feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, it was always like, Raquel, you're being too this. Raquel, you're so flirtatious. Raquel, you're, you're too much this. So I feel like I was overanalyzing myself and putting myself into a box that I knew wasn't me to make this other person feel comfortable, you know? And, um, at the end of the day, well, that just wasn't for me because now that that's done with, I feel like, okay, I can be myself without having the responsibility of worrying about someone else. Mm -hmm. But with really in reality, it just, that person wasn't for me. Yeah. Because they have their own um, ideals, mm-hmm. and there's probably going to be someone who, I mean, that will match that. That energy. will match that. Well, that will be like, okay, I'm not like I'm not this type of person. We match up. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I've been through that as well, where I tried to mold myself or I tried to shrink myself down to make that person feel more comfortable or to accept me a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, and that's very draining. That's very draining and it's exhausting to just change who I am as a person or to feel so restricted. Yeah. Or trying to fit into a mold that just is not, that just wasn't not- me. It's not your, it's not like the Raquel mold. It's like someone else's idea of what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And that was just so tiring, Mm -hmm. tiring to do. So as of right now, I feel like I'm in uh, a time in my life where I'm just like, man, I don't give a fuck right now. I really don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, I just, I just don't care. I don't, I'm going to just do whatever the fuck I want to do because in the end, no one cares. It's also you're it's you're the one who's living your life. Mm-hmm. So it's like no one else is responsible for you, your feelings, your states of being mm-hmm. other than you. Mm-hmm. I think that's also like um I think I cared so much about what this one person thought of me. And really in the end it was just this one person that was bringing so much negativity and so much toxicity into my life. This was the only thing, the only person. And I was letting this one person um affect the way that I saw myself. Mm-hmm. When really no one else but that one person saw me that way. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to change who I was and I was trying to change just so much about myself to to be able to fit the perfect picture that I thought he wanted. And it also like, it, it reminds me of like, I think people, cause I see you and I'm like, wow, Raquel is doing all of these. Like, even how you were saying, like a lot of people think I'm just so confident mm-hmm. and you are confident and you do walk around with confidence. Um, and then to hear the other side of like there, well, there was this one person who I was minim- minimizing myself for, it just goes to show how it's easy being on the outside to say like, why are you in a toxic relationship? Why are you with the person that, and kind of have judgment on that. Mm-hmm. But when you're in it and you could be the most confident person ever, but it like toxic relationships are like, that they're was- much more common than we think. Mm-hmm. And when it has to do with like our intimacy, like that can be taken advantage of. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I was going to say like, what have you learned so far about like, if you were to meet someone tomorrow mm-hmm. and they're like, I am in this relationship and you're like, dude, that was me. What is like one piece of advice that you would give them? Fuck, dude. I'm just like, <laughs> it's because it's so, it's so hard to say. Like, I want to tell them, like, leave. Mm-hmm. I want but to tell them, but I know easy. it's not that easy. Like, yeah. I know, like, how many times have I fucking tried leaving in these past two and a half years? Like, mm-hmm. I have not. I have been down this road multiple fucking times and I just couldn't leave. It felt like an addiction. Mm, yeah. It, it, it still, and it, it still feels like I'm going through withdrawals. Like it's mm-hmm. still very fresh, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, um, and I was doing a lot more research on this because I was like, there's no fucking way that I can be this stupid to just stay in this fucking relationship that I know isn't good for me. I know this person doesn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Like, like person, I know I'm worthy I know, of yes. real love. And why can't I fucking leave? You know, so I was doing research and I was like, it's an addiction. The same mm-hmm. way that you can be addicted to a substance, mm-hmm. you can be addicted to a person and the yeah. highs and lows the in chemical. the relationship. It's the same chemical reaction mm-hmm. in your brain that happens when you get when you get addicted to a substance like cocaine. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was just like, fucking shit. Like, I'm no fucking way out of all the fucking things I could be a fucking addicted, <laughs> addicted to. to. I'm addicted to a man. Yeah. Like. Bitch, I was so fucking pissed off at myself. Because I, I look at you and I'm like, the epitome of Raquel is like <laughs> not at all. Like your essence is like, I don't need a man. Like I'm yeah. doing this all on my own. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a 
which is which is very fucking funny because no i don't like i'm very i'm 100 percent independent like i completely take care of myself 100 percent um and then i try to support my mom i try to give my mom as much as i can as well um not once have i ever asked someone for money not once have I ever asked anyone to help me and support me with any of my bills or anything that I have to, that I need to live, yeah. you know? So why the fuck was I addicted to this piece of shit, man? Like I couldn't understand it. So then what do you think you would tell someone? Cause I, as, as I'm some, like, like on the outside, like I was your friend and I was like, the only thing I could do is like, support you and like tell you that you're worthy yeah but i can't at the end of the day i can't make that decision i can't like you're gonna want to keep going back and i think i said it i was like dude you're probably gonna end up with him again yeah yeah it was a long two and a half years of that cycle and fuck like i just i want I want to tell that person, like, just leave. Like, trust me, you won't regret it. Like, just leave. But in the end, it's just like, baby girl, you're going to learn. You're going to learn and you're going to learn on your own time. Mm-hmm. When you're ready. When you are ready. Yeah. To accept the reality. And that's also a lot of, like, inner inner battles that you haven't faced yourself. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of unhealed trauma mm-hmm. that you haven't dealt with. And that's why you are still here. Yeah. Because this relationship, it's not really the relationship that you are attached to. It's mm-hmm. something much deeper. The but idea you have, It's it. the idea mm-hmm. of, of the, the relationship. Of the love that maybe you didn't love. have. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I feel like the reason why I was so attached to this man is because he was actually the first man to ever tell me that he was proud of me. Um, And coming from someone who my dad left me and my family when I was 14 at a time when I definitely needed a dad the most, Mm -hmm. he just dipped out on us. Yeah. Dang. Like I just felt like one day my dad just went to work and then he never came back. That's traumatic. And now that I'm getting a little bit older, I feel like, all the relationships I've ever been in, I was looking for a dad instead of a partner. I was looking for someone to make those decisions for me or to have that 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 protector mm-hmm. beside me. In the beginning, I felt safe. In the beginning, I felt like this man has my back. Mm-hmm. Which is also the usual in toxic relationships, a lot of relationships where you have this like big high of like wow this is the best i've ever felt before yeah mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. it was because i remember in the beginning even he even had you fooled i remember you telling me like oh i think this guy is such yeah. a good guy for I was you like, for like, sure for sure for, he wants to like love you yeah like i know that he'll take care of you <laughs> And then I was like, I was like, yes, but it's been a year now. So you need to have the talk with him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had, I had the talk with him, I think seven months in, um, when I was finally able, when I was finally ready, like, okay, like we've been doing this for seven months. Like, what are we? And he hit me with the whole, like, oh, like I never meant to give you the, yeah, I never meant to give you the impression I wanted a relationship. And I was just like, well, what the fuck have we been doing for the past seven months then? Like, and what did your gut tell you in that moment? Think back to like past Raquel. You know what, dude? I think my gut has been telling me the same exact thing since then, but I just wouldn't listen. I wouldn't listen to my intuition because mm-hmm. this man for, for so long is what I wanted. And I was so stubborn. I'm like, no, this man is what I want. Like mm-hmm. I want him and I'm not going to stop at anything until I get him. You know, mm-hmm. and also it's how much you've already invested. I had already invested so much into that relationship, the way that he had made me feel. Mm-hmm. I was so convinced that he just hadn't seen it yet or that he like, no, he feels the same way about mm-hmm. me. I just need to show I him. I just need to show him or he just needs to come to that realization. So I just need to stick around until that switch flips in his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the moment that you have to show someone your worth, mm-hmm. though, that's like no red flag. That's not, yeah, because someone who wants to be there knows your worth already. Like, mm-hmm. think of all your friends. Mm-hmm. I've never had to prove myself yeah. to them, and they love you unconditionally. Mm-hmm. But I learned a lot. Now I know what I don't want in a relationship. I know how to spot the red flags now. And I know that now I know that my intuition will tell me everything that I need to know. Mm-hmm. And I just need to listen to it instead of pushing it away. Because all the red flags that I saw in the beginning are still the same things that I'm that I was arguing with him at the end of the relationship. It's like, I saw these things in the beginning. I just chose to ignore them because this man is what I wanted. How, how would your intuition tell you? Like, how, how did that show up for you? Was it a feeling? Was it your body? Was it like, it was a physical feeling in my body. Like these past two and a half years, I felt my chest so heavy, you know, or just being around this man and all the stress that he would bring me, my body would break out in hives. And I'd never had that. The day that I went to go and ask for clarity from him and the day that he told me that he never meant to give me the impression I wanted of a relationship, Mm -hmm. my whole body broke out in stress hives. I was patchy. Like I just had red patches all over my body. And I think I still have the picture too. And in my phone, I took a picture and I was just like, that should have been my... My sign, a a huge sign, like my body doesn't like this. Mm -hmm. My body is telling me like, red flag, bitch. Mm -hmm. This is not okay. Like seven months had gone by and he's taking me on trips. He's taking me around all this friends, the family. Like I'm hearing all the things that he's talking, that he's telling to his friends about me saying like, um, I can really picture myself with this girl. Like this girl, she has all the, all the qualities I would want in a wife and just, so I should have listened to myself the first time. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like your heart is so attached to someone that even though your body is giving all the signals and our body is like the most, it's our physical form, mm-hmm. you know? So even like if our soul is like, I'm tied to this person, like our body is like, not, no, like you better wake up. Like mm-hmm. this is not for us. Mm-hmm. Because your body will feel rested and comforted if it was if it was meant for you. Yeah, and not once in this entire relationship did I ever feel at peace. And now that I'm saying that out loud, I'm just like, oh shit. <laughs> not once did I ever feel calm. Not once did I ever feel safe. It was even hard to have vulnerable conversations with him everything was so surface level now that i'm actually looking back and analyzing the whole relationship like our conversations weren't that deep it's almost like a facade yeah it's like a picture that is painted mm-hmm. of like feeding you all the right words mm-hmm. so that it's like oh, okay like it is deep so we so- are close yeah we, we are, are close. like this is pretty intimate yeah we're, we're yeah we're pretty intimate like i know him he knows mm-hmm. me but not really. Yeah. And how much of that was him saying like, wow, you really know me or, you know, or even like we often feel like we connect with someone, the more we share with them. Mm -hmm. Like how much of that was you sharing with him? Yeah. It was, it was looking back. I'm like, anything deep was basically coming from me. Like if there was anything that I wanted to share, I would share with him, but would he ever reciprocate? Mm -hmm. No. In the end, I never really knew the deepest parts of him. Were there ever any moments where you, like, he was saying, like, let's get back together, let's get back together, and your body was, like, outright saying, like, no. What what was, like, what did it sound like or feel like when you were just pushing down all of this, like, all of your intuition, everything that was telling you, like, red flag, red flag, like, What was that process like in your head? I think I met him at a time when I was really starting to step into my power. Mm. And that got attached to him because he was with me almost every single day. Um, 
during that time. It was during the time that I was in competition. And it was the first time that I had set a, like a major goal for myself and I achieved it and mm -hmm. I won. That day is still so significant to me because that was the first time that a man had told me he was proud of me. That was the first time that my mom had told me that she was proud of me. Her at my competition seeing me that day. Mm -hmm. And you also proved something to yourself. And I proved something to myself. Mm -hmm. And I think all of that got attached to him. Because that is the day that I knew that I loved him. And so n then the rest of your relationship, it was like tied back to like this one moment mm -hmm. and getting back to like, we felt this way at we one point. We felt this way once. And it can get back to that. It can, it can get back to that. Mm -hmm. But no. Because it was still like, even though those experiences were real, it was essentially like the actions around that were a facade or like a picture or like there was still something that was like off. Mm -hmm. He was never going to fully commit to me. That had nothing to do with me though. And everything to do with his past experiences and his past relationships or even just his relationship with his parents, something in his past made him that way. It had nothing to mm -hmm. do with me, but I think that I was internalizing it so much. Mm -hmm. Like what is wrong with me? That he doesn't. That he, that is not good enough for him. Mm -hmm. And I kept yeah. trying to change that. I kept trying so hard to be good enough for him. Do you, like, all along, I feel like you knew, like, your self-worth. You know, like, you knew what you brought to the table. And still, you were, like, trying to prove something. So, at what at what point do you, like, separate yourself? Because you knew he, you knew you, you essentially weren't the problem. Mm -hmm. That it was him mm -hmm. from, like, probably even a year ago. Maybe longer. Yeah. I knew. Yeah. I knew it wasn't me. But I think by that time, I was already addicted to the highs and the lows. I was already in the cycle. And it was so hard to leave. Mm -hmm. And you get used to, like, you chaotic get, yeah. environments. You yeah, get, used, you get to... used to it. And also, like, growing up, um, and I learned this in therapy. Um, if you grow up in a very chaotic household which that is exactly how i grew up mm -hmm. my my mom was always yelling my mom was always my parents like looking back they were kind of abusive you know mm -hmm. and so you grow up thinking like oh this is this how is this is love mm -hmm. this is love like this is how like my parents love me to death and this is how they show love like this must be it mm -hmm. so and kind of in my head not really knowing any better, I was like, this man is so passionate for me. He has to love me. Otherwise, he wouldn't be going crazy the way that he does over me. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, he wouldn't he wouldn't be telling me all these things when I'm being too flirtatious with someone else. Or when when I'm when I'm acting too of anything. He wouldn't be telling me these things because he cares about me. He wants what's best for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's honestly, that's a really good point. Cause when you do grow up around chaos and this like intense love or mm -hmm. anxious love, like if you ne never really knew this where you passion. stood, yeah, this passionate love, you can, you confuse it for like, um, love that's supposed to have boundaries. Mm -hmm. Like love should have boundaries. Mm -hmm. There needs to be, cause you're your own person mm -hmm. or, um, healthy love to me it was kind of like normal like mm -hmm. it was normal like oh love is supposed to be this way love is supposed to hurt love is mm -hmm. supposed to be this passionate fiery mm -hmm. explosive feeling almost like romanticizing it yeah mm -hmm. almost like like this this man will do the most psychotic things for me because he loves me and all along, your body was saying otherwise. And all along, my body was rejecting it. Mm -hmm. 
insomnia. I was going through depression. I put on weight again during this relationship. Um, my body was breaking out in hives. Like the signs were there. I just chose not to listen. And it's almost like a um, like a paradox because you're a fitness. You work in the fitness industry, mm -hmm. and that's all about connecting. Yeah, being your in body tune with, with your body. Yeah, like you have to be in tune. You have to feel where the burn is, where the muscles are mm -hmm. that you're activating. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you were going through this constant state of like your body rejecting or telling you like stay this away. Is not good for you. This is not good for you. For a second, um, in the relationship, I didn't know what was real. Mm, like your reality was distorted. My almost? reality was very distorted. There was there was a time where I really felt like I was the problem, and I just couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. And I was convinced that no, I'm the problem. I just can't. I just can't see that my actions are the problem. I am the problem. I just can't see it. he's the one that's that's letting me know because he loves me. He wants the best for me. He's letting me know how I'm fucking up. And I took that in so so much. So, back to like the first question, if you met someone tomorrow and they're in like in a similar similar place, what would you say to them like to help them know to listen to their voice like how like thinking back like how would you have amplified your voice over his mm -hmm. for anyone that's like because there are a lot of people that just take in messages from other people and they take that as reality like mm -hmm. this is just the way it is because this person that i care about their opinions matter to me like it must be true then. Mm -hmm. And in fact, this man was the only person's opinions that really mattered to me. So when all of that kind of comes crumbling down, when they do you so wrong, and then you're finally able to see the person that they are, it's kind of like your whole reality is distorted again mm -hmm. like this is what i thought to be true this is what i thought to be tr true and i ended up i was right the entire time mm -hmm. without even knowing it like my body was right so i think i would tell that person is just like what are you feeling physically mm -hmm. what are you feeling physically because it's a physical feeling and then you feel it in a certain part of your body and i would always tell myself like my chest hurts my chest, I can feel it in my chest. There's this that was heaviness. Your voice. Yeah. That was your voice. Like there, there was this heaviness on my chest mm -hmm. every single time. Ding. Yeah, because our body will give us the cues. Mm -hmm. And that's like your essentially your chest. That's where like you're and you're an, a, such an outspoken person. Mm -hmm. You were in a relationship where like your voice was like the fire Diminished. was put out. Yeah. yeah. My opinions didn't. I felt like I felt so ignored in the relationship. And that was a constant point that I constantly brought up to him a lot. I was like, you make me feel ignored. And I feel like I'm constantly having to yell at you in order for you to hear me, in order for you to validate my feelings, hear me out and just pay attention to me. Pay attention to me because I'm here and I'm crying out for you to just listen and to to know that your actions are making me feel bad and you still won't listen to my concerns. I constantly felt like I was being ignored in the relationship. And I felt like I was overextending myself so much to make sure that all his needs were met. But mine's were never. And really the only thing that I ever asked from him was just to listen to me and to love me correctly in the way that I wanted to. At, at any point, did that feel like too much to ask for? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
And then you like step outside and you're like, dude, that's not, that's not even, that's like the bare minimum. That's, that's the bare minimum. Just that's, love me. That's like, literally the norm in a relationship. Listen to me. Like, listen to what I have to say, you know, but anytime that I would, anytime that I would present a conversation, it would always end in an argument. I'm being too much. When really I was just trying to be understood. Mm. And that's a big sign also that there are a lot of tech toxic tendencies at play is when you're trying to address things that you're concerned about and what you need and communicate that with a partner. And it ends up in an argument. Yeah. In a fight like that. Sh- that should not happen. Every single time. Mm-hmm. Every single time. And I would still present it to him as like, hey, maybe like, I want to have a conversation with you. I want to talk. I don't want us to get hasty. I don't want to raise my voice at you. I want us just to have a conversation. Even if I presented it to him like that, he would still come at me yelling at me, saying that I was the one that was in the wrong. And I would literally take it. And when he would explain things to me, he was so good at using these words and manipulating them around and gaslighting me that I really felt crazy. I was like, what is real? Am I really the problem here? I really felt like, I really felt like I was just that stupid that I couldn't see that I was a problem. Mm-hmm. He was so good at making it seem that it was me the entire time, but I just couldn't see it. It's like a great manipulation tactic mm-hmm. that can fool so many people. Mm-hmm. Like no matter like you can be the most confident, you could be like the most, you know, like people see you and I'm sure that they don't think like, oh, this person has been in this relationship for so long and like hearing this other side. So it's also like something that happens to so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now looking back, it's every single time that I would try to leave because he has never left me. It was always me trying to leave. Mm. And the also, same, like turning same, that back yeah, on you too. Yeah, and turning, mm-hmm. turn. He turned that back on to me as well. He's like, I've always been the one to, uh, to try and work on this relationship. I've, I, I've never left you. And I remember the first time that I tried leaving too. Is this is the exact same time how he how he got me the last time too? It was just, um, tell me you don't love me, and I'll leave you alone. Yeah, because they put the responsibility back on you. Yeah, tell me you don't love me and I will walk out that door and I'll never come back. Those were the exact words that he told me. And when you already have a dad wound Mm -hmm. of your dad leaving, it's Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm not going to – I don't want to be the reason that someone else leaves my life. Yeah. I remember he he showed up to my house and that's when he told me. He was like, tell me you don't love me and I will walk out this door and I'll never see you again. But when he said those words, I was just like, no, don't leave. Yeah, because you essentially you re- I was like, don't relive leave. your trauma. I was like, don't leave. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want you to go. I do love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then how do we fix it? How so the, we- Yeah, so how do – tell me what to do. Tell me what I need to do to make this situation better. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was constantly that. It's like, tell me what to do. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you need so i can be that for you after a while it's just so fucking exhausting yeah because it's a constant like it's not it's a constant you realize that the past the the behavior is not changing there is no end to this it's like i was a secret for so long Mm -hmm. because he was out there doing his own shit Mm -hmm. yeah most of the time they want they don't want the the the, the rest or the commitment yeah 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 dang and now you are out of it mm-hmm. and so now you can like look back and like how you said like you have to learn on your own mm-hmm. you have to go down that path and realize that you're giving so much energy and there are some people who don't leave yeah they don't there are people who stay for years and just think that this is love mm-hmm. and this is how i'm gonna be showed love mm-hmm and that's why everyone needs to go to therapy. <laughs> that's my plug. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I've been so I've been in, in therapy. Um, I think it's a little 
going to two months already Mm -hmm. but i don't see myself leaving therapy dude anytime soon it's a necessity i need it in my life Mm -hmm. i do important yeah and so so now looking back what have you learned about yourself (sighs) that i don't need to diminish myself that i don't need to change who I am for anyone. Mm -hmm. If my values, my morals, because I know I'm a good person, I don't wish bad on anyone. I don't have any ill intent for anyone. Mm -hmm. But if who I am as a person, the things that I like to do and the things that I am doing in my life don't align with you, then you can choose not to participate. Mm -hmm. But I will no longer be diminishing myself to make you feel comfortable. Mm, Yeah. No, that's that has also been a huge theme in my life Mm -hmm. where it's like, dude, I do not need to be smaller. I do not need to like stop being me because other people aren't comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. I think that goes with friends and intimate relationships as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot to process here. Um, but I am happy to hear as your friend that you are in a place where you feel, um, like your light can finally start shining again Mm -hmm. because you are very bright in a lot of places. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I feel like we need to have some talk about fitness, (laughs) fitness instructor, (laughs) a trainer, personal trainer. You know, um, health and fitness, and it's not just even like the way that you look. People go to the gym so they can look good, but it's much more deeper than that. Mm -hmm. Like how you feel. How do you feel? Like just even as you the the way the way that you function on a daily basis, um, all comes from how you take care of yourself. You know, and your mentality starts to change when you start to physically take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Because you realize like, wow, my body can be so much better than it is now. I can feel, I'm capable of so much more Mm -hmm. physically. Mm -hmm. So then it just, it just kind of triggers like, okay, so what am I capable of if my mentality is in check as well? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, because for me, I found fitness at a time where um, that's when my dad had just left. My dad had just left us. um, And I was still grieving about the fact that I had lost my dad. My dad was, I don't know where. Mm -hmm. One day he just dipped out and left. Um, And then my mom started dating this, my stepdad, which ended up being a fucking piece of shit. He ended up molesting me. And then my boyfriend at that time didn't believe me that that had happened to me. So I found fitness at a time where it was very dark. Mm. And I just felt like this is just what life is. Life is just always going to be this shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had, I had growing up, I was always in sports. I was always very active, but I completely let myself go at that time. I adopted. You were going um, through so much. Yeah. Like, how do you deal with it? Like, mm-hmm. you don't know. You do. You go to the thing that's first available, and most of the time, that's food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had adopted. Uh, I never got it clinically diagnosed, but mm-hmm. I felt like I had an eating disorder because every single night I would have these episodes. I would have these binge episodes where. I would just eat everything and anything in sight. It, I wasn't even tasting the food anymore. I was just mm-hmm. stuffing my face and I was just eating. And I would do it in the middle of the night while everyone was asleep because I knew that no one was going to be able to see what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was also like secrecy behind mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found fitness. And it wasn't even that I went looking for it. It was just... My boyfriend at the time, he started taking me with him to the gym just to get me out of the house, just to get my mind off of things and whatever was going on at home. I just needed to get out of the house. But I ended up falling in love with it. 
because there's just something so empowering about physically seeing yourself get stronger mm -hmm. and pushing your body to pushing your body to limits that mm -hmm. you didn't even know that you were capable of which then turns into okay so what is my mind capable of if mm -hmm. i push its limits so i think if you want to become mentally a stronger person you also need to attach that physical part to it mm, yeah i think it actually yeah. starts with mm -hmm. that physical part yeah because you're incorporating your whole being mm -hmm. it's not just your mind it's your body and spirit too mm -hmm. mm. that didn't really start to click with me though mm -hmm. um until i until i found fitness i found fitness first and then after that i was like you know what like i have the power to change everything in my life mm -hmm. dang yeah mm -hmm. and i think that that is a great place to end mm -hmm. you have the power to change everything in your life that's what i'm gonna leave it <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah where can people find you on social media platforms? I am at Hayrax on everything. I say everything, but I really have two things. Yeah, every time every time <laughs> I, I go everything. to text your name, I yeah. put Hayrax. Yeah. Rax. Oh wait, yeah, it's my Hayrax. H E Y R A C K S on Instagram, TikTok, OnlyFans. If you want to go support my OnlyFans as well, <laughs> <laughs> I am at Hayrags on all platforms. <laughs> awesome. Well, Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for having this conversation and being open. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah. It just felt like I was talking to you. <laughs> that concludes this episode of Please Expand. In this episode, we talked about a lot of heavy subjects that included trauma, emotional abuse, and harmful relationships. As a reminder, this content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you're in need of help, always seek the advice of your mental health professional with any questions you may have. I've included mental health resources in the show notes. Thank you for listening in and joining me on the healing journey. Bye, friends.